welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker podcast. We are going to be talking about climate change in today's Fact Check. We took a week off and we're back at it, ready to go. But before we get into the gist of things, let's introduce the team. My name's Michaela. I cover healthcare for the Gazette. My name is Marissa Payne. I cover Cedar Rapids government. I'm John Steppi. I cover business. And I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. Great to have the team all together to check. Uh, Today, we are going to be looking at a tweet from Governor Kim Reynolds from last month, specifically April 23rd. She tweeted that the Green New Deal would destroy Iowa's economy and way of life. So for we know the Green New Deal has been in the news a lot over the past couple of years since it was first introduced and sort of been the punching bag for a lot of different politicians and now the governor of Iowa. So we're going to take a look at that today. But before we really get into things, I'll go ahead and kind of give some background on what the Green New Deal is. So first introduced in 2019, It basically is a comprehensive plan to tackle climate change on a nationwide basis over the next decade by curbing planet warming greenhouse gas emissions in every sector across the country. It also does things like proposed job creation and clean energy industry and addressing economic and racial inequities. Um, So the reason Reynolds tweeted about it last month is because that resolution had been formally reintroduced to Congress. Um, It was jointly introduced by uh, the original creators of the resolution, which were U.S. Senator Edward Markey of Massachusetts and U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York. Um, It should be noted that uh, it is a non-binding resolution. So even if the Green New Deal became law with congressional approval, or even if it was passed, um, it would not become law under congressional approval. Um, And it should also be noted that it faces pretty stiff opposition from the Republicans, and a lot of Republicans have decried the bill. But, you know, Democrats aren't wholly supportive of this measure either. It's only gained uh, support from just a few progressive lawmakers. So providing that context as we kind of move forward into this. So as per usual, the fact checker always reaches out uh, to the uh, claimant to ask for sourcing behind these statements. So I reached out to the spokesman for the governor's office for sourcing behind this. And uh, one of the first things he provided was a statement saying that the resolution would dramatically impact Iowa's agriculture industry. Um, So Iowa is... uh, you know, relies a lot on its crop and its livestock. Uh, It's the biggest producer of corn, pork, and eggs. Um, You know, more than 30 million acres of Iowa were operated for agriculture in 2020, which accounts for nearly 85% of the state's total land. Um, And agriculture is a major industry targeted under uh, the Green New Deal. Um, You know, like a lot of industries, uh, it really kind of points to the greenhouse gas emissions from that particular industry as um, sort of justification for that. And in this case, uh, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency found that 10% of the country's greenhouse gas emissions in 2019 could be tied to agriculture. And that's specifically from uh, nitrous oxide released from the soil and methane released from livestock. However, the resolution's provisions are vague, and that includes its provision on agriculture. Um, my understanding, and from some reporting, that ambiguity is intentional uh, because it's law- inviting researchers and policymakers to create ideas that lawmakers can then turn into laws. Um, so, what we have really to understand what the Green New Deal is proposing under agriculture is a few statements stating that. Um, you know, within the language of the bill itself, it says it hopes to work collaborati- 
collaboratively with farmers to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and they hope to do so by, quote, supporting family farming, building a more sustainable food system, and by investing in sustainable farming and land use practices that increase soil health. Um, pretty vague. And so going uh, you know, a little bit further, uh, the sponsoring lawmakers did send some fact, uh, fact sheet to news organizations when they first proposed the Green New Deal. Uh, but that doesn't really go into any more detail. All it really says is uh, the goal is to work with farmers and ranchers to create sustainable pollution and gre greenhouse gas-free food system that ensures universal access to healthy food and expands independent family farming. So kind of for further context, the document also states that, you know, its goal to reach net zero rather than zero greenhouse gas emissions because they, they really, the lawmakers quote, say they don't think they'd be able to fully get rid of farting cows that quickly. Um, you know, the statement about the farting cows is probably where the, uh, why it's sort of become the punching bag for the GOP. Um, you know, a lot of Republicans have incorrectly stated, and it's been proven to be incorrect, that uh, livestock would be banned under the Green New Deal, um, your ice cream would be banned under the Green New Deal, things like that. So just kind of emphasizing that this is a non-binding proposal and no Democrat has really said that they intend to ban cows or livestock. So that isn't really an issue when you kind of take a look at what the Green New Deal is proposing or maybe not proposing. You know, other opponents have raised alarms about the potential for a carbon tax on farmers based on the emissions from their livestock or fertilizer. Um, you know, the text of the Green New Deal doesn't include such a policy but that fact sheet that was sent to news organization really doesn't rule out that possibility. Um, however, it does state that a carbon tax would just be a tiny part of the resolution compared to the investment in renewable energy industries and clean energy sources. Um, and it would pr be preceded by creating solutions to make sure that workers and working class communities wouldn't be affected by such a carbon tax. So you could make the argument that Perhaps there'd be protections for family farmers, but again, they haven't really put forth specific policies, so we just don't know at this point. Um, the governor's office spokesman, he also stated in, to the fact checker that nothing in the Green New Deal seems to support Iowa's biofuel economy. Now, Iowa does have a pretty big industry uh, when it comes to biofuels, and it is true that neither the resolution itself or that uh, fact sheet sent to to news organizations mentioned biofuels specifically. However, uh, the proposal does make a major push for renewable energy resources and investment in these green energy manufacturing sectors. And I mean, Iowa is a top producer. I mean, it's the top producer of biofuels in the nation. It ranks second for wind energy. And it's also first in the US for production of ethanol, which is a renewable energy resource. Um, it's estimated that about 55, or excuse me, 57% uh, of Iowa's corn crop and 40% of its soybean crop were used for ethanol production in 2020. Um, you know, but if you look at other policies that have been proposed around climate change, uh, specifically President Joe Biden's uh, transition, uh, you know, his plan to transition the entire fleet of federal vehicles to electric, policies like that, which are, are solid and have a deadline, seem to have a more immediate impact on that industry than what the Green New Deal would have. Um, 
you know, at this point, the Biden administration has included very little funding for things like biofuel under that transition plan. Um, you know, lobbyists and uh, corn producers have called for more funding or at least uh, the use of biofuel as a transition as we move forward into that fleet of electric vehicles. But that hasn't been uh, solidified at this point yet. So, you know, given that the Green New Deal calls for a full transition off of fossil fuels, the argument could be made that Iowa's uh, clean energy production may benefit, uh, maybe particularly wind energy. Um, could benefit under proposals to invest in renewable resources. Um, and, you know, it, it seems to be misdirected when there are other policies that say um, biofuels aren't included in climate change action plans. So, and because um, the language doesn't include any, excuse me, the language of the Green New Deal doesn't include any specific policies or plans on what the switch to those industries could entail, it's really hard to say for sure whether that'll be a positive or negative impact. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in what the team thought around this, but, you know, I thought it was fair to say that Iowa could see changes to the agriculture industry. I think that is, I think that could be true. Um, however, because we have no specific policies or no specific plan at this point, I do think it is, you can't really say for sure negative or positively what that impact would be. Um, so I'm interested in what the team thinks on kind of what I found and, and what the fact check says. Well, thanks, Michaela. I, I think that this is an interesting topic. Um, I know John and I both to some extent cover energy. Um, and so this is of interest to me. I think the thing that gets me is that, you know, her quote is actually that it would like th- hurt Iowa or end Iowa's way, um, way of life, or I'm trying yeah. to remember the exact verbiage. Is that about right, Michaela? Yeah, it would destroy Iowa's economy and its way of life. Yeah, I mean, it's so dramatic. And the yeah. thing is, like, there's, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people doing conventional ag in Iowa. They, they're, they're not using conservation tillage, they're farming every available inch, even up to waterways. Um, they're over applying fertilizer. There's a lot of that going on in Iowa, but there's also a different way to farm that a, that an increasing number of Iowans are using, where they're planting cover crops. Um, they're they're you know I just wrote a story last weekend about um, anaerobic digesters that not everyone's a fan of, but they do attempt to capture some of that methane from animal production and turn it into energy. Um, there's farmers who are trying to use precision agriculture, you know, to not apply too much fertilizer. So if Reynolds is talking about ending a way of life that causes pollution and, um, you know, makes things unpleasant for Iowans, then, um, yeah, okay. You know, I think a lot of people would say, well, let's do end some of those practices. But I think there's enough of Iowans who are adopting these better practices that it's not like, we're ending people's way of life. That that statement just rubs me the wrong way in terms of, um, you know, what agriculture has potential to do in terms of benefits. Exactly. It's not getting rid of farmers altogether. Like, clearly, the argument could be made that we still need to feed the nation. We still need, you know, somebody to raise crops and livestock. So if that's kind of the concern here, there's nothing here that says that that would, that would be a possibility. 
And I think the other thing too that's, I mean, maybe kind of a more minor thing kind of amidst this whole discussion is also that, I mean, Iowa is a very big manufacturing state and people kind of think of, I mean, farms with Iowa. Um, and that kind of comes across with this our way of life. But, I mean, the vast majority of Iowa's economy comes from I mean, non-ag things. So it's not like all of a sudden, okay, I mean, the way that, I mean, the person that you see, I mean, the average person that you see around, I mean, Cedar Rapids, all of a sudden their way of life is poof, gone. That just doesn't really become the case either. Yeah, it's a little bit of fear mongering. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it it's dramatically overstating any sort of impact, even from legitimate legislation. I mean, or 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 orders, executive orders. You know, Biden's executive order to transition the federal fleet to electric vehicles is a legit thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Green New Deal is kind of this vague idea that's out there. So to say that it's going to end Iowans' way of life over this, I mean, yeah, I, I just think it's not appropriate. Well, and you can't say definitively, too, that it would destroy or even boost the economy, really, because it, the plan is intentional on purpose. You know, they're, they're hoping for policymakers to, to create that infrastructure to move forward with this. But you know, we just don't know for sure. And so, yeah, I, I agree. It is fear mongering on something that that may or may not happen, because, you know, as I pointed out early on, it's gotten very little support in Congress, even from Democrats. And the other thing, too, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned the component of how this could help as well, Iowa's economy, because Iowa does have a lot of wind energy jobs tied to that. I believe one industry estimate is between nine to 10,000 jobs. And they have a lot of wind energy manufacturers as a result of that, all of that main kind of output in Iowa. Yeah, and I was just going to say, um, since Michaela talks extensively about livestock and like the, um, the 10% figure you throw out there about emissions, you know, tied to agriculture, like the, I don't know, the Republican campaign against the Green New Deal is kind of... Um, you know, part of that fear mongering that we talked about along with like meatless Mondays and, um, you know, Joni Ernst kind of joining in those efforts to, you know, rail against meatless Mondays and the campaign to like end, you know, meat consumption and think, you know, that's just like taken out of context and not, you know, that's not what they're trying to do. Like, you know, environmental advocates are just trying to say like to consider the impact on the environment of, you know, meat consumption. So, yeah. It's kind of creating this false battle where there isn't one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, the Green New Deal has really, or claims about the Green New Deal have been fact-checked extensively by a lot of different organizations, particularly like factcheck.org. And yeah, a lot of it has to do with, you know, they're going to ban airplanes or they're going to ban livestock or things that really, like you said, Aaron, aren't battles at all. That's not really what's being proposed here. Um, That, you know, they don't have that intention to get rid of certain industries entirely, just sort of shifting the focus or shifting the larger industry to things like wind energy or or clean energy infrastructure rather than the production of fossil fuel. Whoever wrote that kind of offhand, what they thought was a clever comment about farting cows, they've had, I, I, I sure hope they've been like kicking themselves for months because 
that's created a lot of, it, it created a, an opportunity for people to say, oh, this plan would get rid of livestock, you know, when it was, it seems like it was just meant to, to be clever. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And my understanding is there used to be a, a different fact sheet um, on Representative Ocasio-Cortez's uh, website that, you know, talked about farting cows a little bit more extensively, but that doesn't exist anymore. And I think probably because it's sort of been the source of a lot of um, this criticism that anyway, like you said, you know, maybe they thought in the moment that that was kind of funny, but not a lot of people thought that was funny. Well, it kind of opened a door there. Now that they really can't close. Well, I don't think using the term getting rid of farting cows, like getting rid of maybe it kind of sends a different message than what they intended to. But well, and didn't they say like, we don't think we can get rid of farting cows. So they were like kind of saying like, you know, this is not something that's going to happen. But these other things are what we're proposing. So they weren't even saying that. Right. <laughs> Right. And they were sort of like curbing their ambitions, too. You know, they're trying to reach net zero, not total zero, um, because they don't think they can get rid of the farting cows and the airplanes. You know, like I I feel like EPA makes it clear that agriculture is only 10 percent of the greenhouse gas emissions, like things like manufacturing and and other industries account for way more than 10 percent. If we're also making the economic argument for like taking action on climate change, you know, I mean, if we just think back to August with the derecho and how devastating that was for Iowa's economy. Um, you, you know, it would also be in Iowa's economic interest to, you know, have policies and, and practices that align with Green New Deal standards or, you know, whether whether or not it's the Green New Deal, you know, some sort of proposal, you know, that advances climate action. In terms of your grade, Michaela, um, so a D is something we often equate with mostly false. And in my mind, I think that's a, that grade works for me because I think it's uh, more false than it is true. But uh, just wanted to make sure everyone sees eye to eye on that. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for me. I think, I mean, it's kind of one of those situations where maybe there's a far-fetched way that this could potentially hurt Iowa's economy. So maybe there's that little, I mean, kind of kernel of truth there. But it just all in all seems like, I mean, as you were saying, Aaron, quite a bit of fear mongering here and I mean, not really much fact behind it. Yeah, I, you know, when I was first writing this, um, in my mind, I thought that the statement that it would destroy the economy and destroy Iowa's way of life, I thought that was kind of flirting with an F, um, you know, kind of like we've been saying throughout fear mongering and the fact that they didn't really provide sourcing or point to any specific thing that would, you know, support that statement. Um, but at the end of the day, I did kind of give credit to the fact that, um, you know, there could be changes to the industry as a result of this, um, whether through practices or if there is such a thing like a carbon tax implemented. Yeah, I think that could have a big impact financially. Um on that industry. So that's kind of why I landed on the D. And so I'm glad that that you guys support that. Um, but I'm curious what what Marissa thinks. Do you think a D is, is fair? Or well, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with the D just, I mean, as the others pointed out with the kind of fear mongering of this, and, you know, this kind of fits into the larger Republican campaign against, you know, perceived socialist 
ideas, um, even with something like this where there haven't even been, uh, you know, legislative proposals to, you know, to try to go under like the Green New Deal umbrella. So, you know, it's just not something that at this time there's energy in um, in Congress to advance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, I appreciate the feedback on this one, guys. Before we kind of wrap things up, I know, Marissa, you have a fact check you're working on for next week, correct? Yeah, so um, I believe it was April 28th, Senator Sarah Trongariot, she represents uh, Des Moines area, but she made some remarks um, during some discussion about the stereotyping uh, diversity training bill that would ban uh, those discussions among schools and um, local government entities. And um, she threw out the figures that um, in Iowa, net overall migration in 2020 was negative. We lost 2,348 folks who left the state. We rank 45th among states in ethnic diversity. So um, since she threw out some specific numbers with that, um, we thought that that was a very checkable statement. So I'll be looking into that for next week. Yeah, I'll be really looking forward to see what you can kind of find out from that, especially some of those those rankings and those specific numbers. I'll be interested to see where those come from. Well, I know we are going to be looking for some fact checks for the week after that for the rest of our team. So listeners, if you hear of anything uh, or see anything that you think is fact checkable, please reach out. We would love to hear what you see. Um, and you can reach us at factcheckerathegazette.com. Now it sounds like we've wrapped things up. So we appreciate you taking the time to listen. Our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. This podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert and our fact checks are edited by Craig Jamolis. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm Marissa Payne. I'm John Steppy. And I'm Aaron Jordan. And we will fact check you later.
Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.